0: Welcome to Seeds, a show where we talk about purpose with inspiring people making a positive impact with their lives. We're particularly interested in social enterprises and entrepreneurs. We will listen to them reflect on their journeys and take time to dig deeper in order to better understand what really motivates their choices. Hey everyone, welcome along to the show. I'm glad you could join me as today we're going to be speaking with Clive Anthony. Now Clive founded a social media marketing company, so we have a really fascinating conversation about social media. But we don't just talk about that, as we also learn about his background, having been born in New Zealand, but to parents who had immigrated here from India, and what it's like to grow up with a dual culture. If you enjoy this episode, then you might want to check out some of the others in the back catalog, because there's more than 125 of them. There's also a website at theseeds.nz where there's lots of videos and other content. Now let's get into this conversation with Clive. All right, so it's a pleasure to welcome Clive Anthony, who's the director of Mates Social Media. Thanks cool. for joining me. Thank you for having me. That's all right. It's good to have you on the show. Um, as you know, what we do is we talk about um, where people are from and try to get a sense of the background and what's led them to doing what they do today. So if we could just start the interview, if you could just tell us a bit about your background and, you know, where you grew up.
1: Yeah, awesome. So I guess I grew up in Auckland. So, don't hold that against me. I'm full Cantabrian <laughs> now. But um, yeah, so I guess long story short, mum and dad moved uh, to New Zealand from Kerala in South India about 28 years ago. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of just been living in New Zealand ever since. We uh, started in, in the old Taranaki and then moved in Vicaragua for eight years. Mm-hmm. And then we've been up in Auckland since sort of, you know, 2001. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I did most of my schooling, uh, most of primary school. And, in high school and then ended up doing my first year of uni there mm. and, and, and in is quite different to india very very <laughs> very very <laughs> how different. did your parents end up there yeah um so dad's a gp uh-huh. and so he was just sort of you know obviously looking for work and stuff and um they needed a gp at bluff medical center hmm. so he was quite literally the southernmost general practitioner in the world which is quite funny wow so yeah we ended up there and we, we loved it in the McArgill, so my yep. brother and sister were born there, and,
0: and had you been born in New Zealand or yeah, yeah, yeah. I was born in Harvard. Yeah. So what's that like growing up, you know, with with family or parents who had migrated to the country and then you're born there and growing up like in terms of your identity Yeah. and you know, is it an Indian identity in your childhood or is it New Zealand identity? Or how did yeah, that how did that play out?
1: It's real it's real funny actually. Um and it's something that I've I've always just sort of loved to unpack. And mm. for for me and our family, we were really I'd say in a way we we're quite lucky because we um, you know, we spent some time in obviously Harvard, which was we'd probably be the only Indian family there. And then mm-hmm. in the early nineties there weren't many Indian families in Vicargle. Mm-hmm. And then when we moved to Auckland, uh, we moved to the business coast. So that's not necessarily the center of Auckland, it's about fifteen minutes north. Um, so we've always been around just predominantly sort of like towns where um, there weren't many other Indians around. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a way it was it was cool. Uh, it's just obviously the thickest Kiwi accent you ever hear. If you heard yeah. me on the phone, you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't know it. And then, but at the same time, mum and dad, um, they really instilled in us all of our Malayali culture, so mm. um, our South Indian culture. So uh, I'm a little bit lazy. I can't speak it uh, Malayalam, which is our mother tongue very well, but I can understand it fluently. So mm-hmm. it gets to the point where mum and dad will speak in Malayalam to me and I'll just reply in English. But um, mm. yeah. And
0: what was it that had taken them from India to New Zealand, like
1: yeah just just opportunities mm-hmm. you know i think you know they were they're sort of sort of adventurers in themselves so mum moved here when she was 25 and yeah just sort of the sense of adventure wanting to bit opportunities for their families and you know obviously their future family and stuff like that so yeah new zealand is somewhere that a lot of people in south india really look to mm-hmm. um and it's yeah just the opportunity that was there for them so they really just Grasped by both hands and just took everything that they did in front of them mm.
0: and what were the elements from india that that were brought with you i guess you mentioned that they you know the cultural side of things yeah. like what were some of the key things
1: uh i think just the focus of family and how important you know family is to to sort of an indian culture and, the, and environment mm. uh there's a lot of sort of respect and everything that goes on so yeah just the sort of core sort of family and traditional sort of family values mm-hmm. um that you have because you know back home in india you it gets you have multi-generational households so usually the youngest uh, male um usually would sort of stay you know they get married and have their own family but then they'd take in the parent their parents as well right so and it's pretty common over there to have multi-generational homes of just people living with you know their grandparents or great grandparents Mm. and their grandchildren all within the same household yeah and you know there's really cool sort of synergies and things that you can learn from from those type of families and stuff so Mm we were really used to, to my grandma coming to New Zealand every two years for nine months. Right. Um, and just, just so you got to know her pretty well. Then. Yeah. You got to know her really well. Yeah. And um, she can't speak English. She can only speak Malayalam. So we're for, you know, forced to sort of speak the language and stuff. And that was uh-huh. really cool. So she's here right now, actually she's, she's here until December, which is pretty sweet. So oh, yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. no, good fun.
0: Yeah. It's amazing when you think about the culture that we're in, you know, just New Zealand culture, it is very much, you know, get to 18 or whatever. And then, you're off you know you're off to study or work or whatever and um and equally when you come to retire or you know like you're older older (laughs) it's very uncommon to to say right move back in with me you know um but there is something that's missing yeah isn't there that between the generations that the children grow up knowing their grandparents in a really intimate way yeah and
1: i think i think that's really really cool Mm. um and we've I guess we've been fortunate in the position that we're in with our family that we can, you know, afford to travel back to India regularly or for mm. grandma to come over here and stuff. Mm. Um, but that's definitely not a luxury that, you know, most of us immigrants have when mm. we come to another country. So. Yeah.
0: And when you were a child going back to India, do you remember like the first time that you were taken yep. back? Yep. Or how how old would you Um. Uh, so.
1: Uh, the first time technically I was taken back I was six months I so don't remember that one <laughs> But <laughs> right. uh, we did uh, Very six good memory <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we did six months In India When I was five years old Okay And can still remember Obviously elements Of that And people that I met Like uncles and aunties And stuff I met Right um, Still remember that But you know We go back quite regularly Okay uh, Maybe every two or three years And so now yeah. it's When we go back to India it's It's really like going home It's not like You know We're going to On some sort of vacation Or anything mm. It's we get off the plane, and now because obviously we're all older, we kind of just ditch mum and dad. They go do, do our own thing. We go so they have our cousins, or now we have friends that sort of live over there and stuff. And mm-hmm. we have our own sort of our own agendas and everything. And mm-hmm. yeah, so it's it's pretty so you cool. You kind of
0: have two homes in the world. Yeah, 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 it's real, it's real, it's real cool. Yeah, it's, awesome. it's an amazing. Like I haven't been to India yet, right. but I'd love to go. Yeah, yeah, being operative words, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> everybody tells me you get off the plane, and it's just this onslaught of. color and noise and smells and heat and like it it's just so different it's
1: so crazy yeah it is it's crazy but even the north and south are two very different places as well um north india is a lot more tropical Mm -hmm. coconut trees and and the works and and sort of like like waterways and stuff like that whereas north india like we think of like the mumbais and delhi's of the world are probably the ones that we're used to seeing and on tv and in movies and stuff like that so Mm yeah very very different
0: yeah yeah it's an amazing it's a big place yeah oh yeah (laughs) yeah my wife lived there for three months um she was in a place called uti yeah which i think is in the highlands it was a bit cooler up there yeah yeah so we yeah so we do near where you yeah near near where the heaps
1: of sort of rubber plantations and tea plantations and stuff and yeah um it gets really cold there
0: right yeah yeah she told me (laughs) it uh, it wasn't the so I think they flew in at a lower elevation, yeah, and then went up to the yeah to the highlands, which was quite surprising. Yep. you know that that it wasn't just hot. <laughs> you
1: wouldn't think it. I remember when we went once. We obviously uh, we went in December, and so we spent some time with family, mm-hmm. and we thought, okay, we'll do a week where we actually go see the rest of the country. Mm. So we went to Delhi, and in Delhi we were wearing scarves and beanies and everything, but eight hours on a train, sorry, on on a plane south, mm-hmm. we're in rugby shorts and a singlet. So, yeah, right. it's cr- just just crazy how different it can be.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned that the cities or the places that you grew up in in New Zealand, I mean, um, that there weren't many other Indians there. No. Um, so what was that like for your for yourself, I guess, in school and um, growing up? Was it – the reason I'm asking is because, you know, we had the, the shootings in March yeah. and there's been a real focus on immigrants and sort of what the experience is of New Zealand. So yeah. I'm just curious to understand from your memory – yeah what yeah was it's, the, it's what was real it
1: like? it's real interesting i think for me i've always tended to if i compare myself to like uh, my my siblings and our family friends and stuff like that mm. i've always had a natural tendency to uh how do you say it just i've really sort of i guess really enjoyed things that are not many indian people in my sort of generation went into like musical theater it's just right. something that we're never really exposed to mm. and i think that has a lot to do with you know just being around those sort of places where um things that that aren't common in sort of indian culture mm. like musical theater not necessarily dance um was and I, and I really enjoyed that so for me it was never really an issue mm-hmm. um sort of growing up i thought yeah i love it i love what i do but you know when I've, my middle name is waliabadanbul so it's a big long <laughs> <laughs> indian name smack bang in the middle so yep. if you know who i am um it's still cool to who i am march 15 was pretty interesting it was definitely like a uh sort of yeah bit of bit of not an eye opener but very much you were just reminded again mm. um that actually there's there's some stuff going on that we need to address mm. and yeah it was yeah, definitely interesting.
0: Mm, maybe there's some undercurrents that don't get talked about. Yeah, enough, huh?
1: I th- I think so. And it's also a thing that um, I guess for me, I was just really lucky just being, a, I want to move down to Christchurch. A lot of people are like, hey, you want to go to Christchurch? Like mm-hmm. apparently it's racist and stuff like that. And that's the impression that we had. But mm-hmm. I was really lucky not to experience that. And right. maybe that's because I was on a university campus and being involved with, Clubs and societies that are really open and and inclusive. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't get to face that, but I've got other friends, you know, who were on on campus and just in the workplace Mm -hmm. that have experienced that. So um, I think it had a lot to do maybe the environment that it is that I was in didn't affect me or has affected me as much as other people, Mm. um, which is interesting.
0: Yeah. So you've mentioned musical theatre. Was that was that something you know, like even as a child, you know. Nine, ten, eleven sort of age, or when did you start getting yeah. into theatre? Yeah. <laughs> um
1: how did I get into theatre? It was well, growing up I was incredibly shy. I couldn't talk to anyone. Mm. This is kind of the age of five or six. And so sort to of being sort of, you know, classic first generation immigrant family, your parents want you to do really well mm. and confidence is really, really important to that. So they put me in speech and drama lessons. So that's where I got to learn public speaking and stuff and I guess over time i you know obviously growing confidence and public speaking wasn't an issue anymore and mm-hmm. um got into high school and i met my best friends in the school and they all happened to do musical theater i was into drama as opposed to musical theater because I was, I was scared of singing i couldn't think of anything worse um but still our core group of friends we just met doing shows mm-hmm. and our school was quite known for their shows and they put a lot of sort of value and investment in, in the quality of shows. Mm. Um, so I really enjoyed it. But then when I came to Canterbury to study, I thought to myself, no one knows who I am here. The singing thing that I've got in my head is just a like, i got to get over it. Mm. And so I joined the local musical theatre society and got involved with that. They're called MUSOC, mm-hmm. um, awesome as group. And ever since then, it's just sort of just been just the best experience. So mm. I got to perform on stage. It's not amazing. I can hold a tune and, you know, that does the job. But I really enjoyed the business side of musical theatre. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I noticed that, you know, we have all these amazing, talented people. And we're really struggling, not just the, the club's not struggling, but the industry is struggling as a whole with like the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where's people's attention going? You know, even rugby and sports, everyone's struggling right now. And so we had to get really sort of savvy with, Type of shows that we're putting on, mm-hmm. get that balance right between, you know, doing shows that were niche and our members enjoy doing, but also doing a show that was going to sell tickets so we mm-hmm. can actually afford to put on shows. Yeah. Because um, I mean, even at a community level, they cost about thirty five thousand dollars to put on, and mm-hmm. you got to make that all back in ticket sales. Right. Um, so I really got while I was at Uni, I got really into into that side of thing and growing our little Our little club and making sure we had you know reserve money and mm. and sort of investing and investing to people and like sort of um future proofing the club and stuff mm. like that and
0: it's that inherent tension isn't it between yeah. balancing the arts and the money side yeah yeah absolutely, <laughs> and you see it in all levels and yeah all through it, it, basically any art pretty much there, there's, yeah. some, there's some tension there yeah um can you just describe you know just with musical theater, I'd just be curious. What is it that you enjoy the most when you're on stage? What is it that it's doing for you, or um, um, you're appreciating
1: on stage? Yeah, real interesting question. It's so funny because I never get these questions. Cause I don't. I don't consider myself an actor, but I guess when I when I do, uh, when I have performed on stage, I think that there's just this. It's a different release of energy um, for me, and I guess how I operate in my life. It's very sort of sort of just run and go, just keep, just sort of keep hustling, blah, blah, blah. But with theatre, I've had to sort of, you know, learn a character, take a step back. There's a structure to what I'm doing. My moves have been blocked in a certain way. Um, and that release of structured energy is actually quite nice for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I've, that's what I've enjoyed in the past. So mm-hmm. um, I've played uh, Pontius Pilot and Jesus Christ Superstar. And that was a really, you know, I was only on stage maybe three times, but um, there's, you know, parts of, his songs that required like just screaming and I can just like shout like there's no tomorrow mm-hmm. and that was a lot of fun Just sort of release my energy in that way, mm-hmm. which is not a way I you know, I don't scream on a day-to-day basis <laughs> So yeah, that was, that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because I've interviewed other people who've been into drama There's a guy in particular Peter Wells. I don't okay. know if you know him. No. He's at Otaku Orchard But we I was talking with him about dance. Yeah, and the the feeling um, that he has, you know on stage and the connection with the audience as well yeah. you know that it's a two-way thing Definitely. it's not just i'm here performing yeah. there's there's a give and a take yeah I've, absolutely i spoke i think it was ruben bale as well uh, from smudge apps he was talking about playing the piano okay yeah and sort of that that feeling of the crowd is there like it, it would be it wouldn't be the same if you were in a room on your own no, playing exactly. the piano yeah the dynamic of the the other people in the room yeah appreciating as well yeah definitely
1: yeah. definitely but i mean in saying that and it sounds really weird but i got that same kick out of being a producer for a show or being the president right. of the club or something like that and for me that kick was actually speaking to punters at the end of the show and sort of saying thanks hope you enjoyed the show and just standing at the door and just just getting feedback and mm-hmm. stuff like that mm-hmm. um you know shows and not just musical theater but music and anything you know you've You've been given the license to yeah. take people away and let them use their imagination for, you know, an hour, two, three hours. Mm. Um, and that's a real privilege. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, I really enjoy that.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's great. So, you did end up in, in Christchurch yep. So, just talk us through, I guess, in your high school years, what sort of things you were enjoying and then how did you make a decision <laughs> to, to come here?
1: Oh, it's so random. So, <laughs> basically... Uh, at school I was convinced that I was going to be a doctor mm-hmm. I was just convinced
0: right well your father was a yeah, president yeah dad,
1: <laughs> dad, dad's, dad's GP uh, when I looked to my mum's side her brother and husband and now all their three kids they're all doctors as well and um, it was yeah just sort of
2: where just I wanted a to go history
1: yeah and it wasn't there was no pressure to be a doctor it's just I thought this is something I want to do mm-hmm. uh, and then we're going through school and I got into year 13 and I did. Uh, I didn't do. I I didn't do N C A or Cambridge. I did IB, which is another mm-hmm. sort of secondary school qualification. Yeah. But the the catch with that is, uh, your papers last for two years, so you have to choose your subjects in year twelve, and you have to run through it through the year thirteen. Right.
0: It's more like the English system. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think so. They in their sixth and seventh form, or what used to be called sixth or seventh form, they would choose two yeah. years. So it's international baccalaureate. Yes, right? that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah, yeah.
1: it. So. You know, I chose all the science subjects, right. and then I'd gone halfway through year 30. I'm like, actually, I'm really bad at this.
2: <laughs> and it was too late <laughs> to back out. So, oh, I see. so I
1: finished school with uh, with science, and then I thought, well, what am I going to do next? I see. And obviously enjoyed the theatre, mm-hmm. you know, obviously confidence public speaking. And my parents were like, well, how about law? And I thought, okay, we'll give it a go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did my first year at Auckland Uni. I did law, mm-hmm. and I did a BA in uh political science and philosophy as well Mm -hmm. i did my first year at auckland and it was fine but it was just kind of the same old as it was sort of just repetition of Mm. it was nothing new Mm. you you see movies about you know you know kids going to college and and all that stuff and i wasn't getting that university experience that i that i thought i should be getting right and then also living as far out of town i did it was a half an hour drive into the North Shore and then another half an hour bus into the city, um, then a fifteen minute walk to get to campus. So mm-hmm. an hour and now an I'm quarter commuting one way. Mm-hmm. It was just a waste. So I thought, okay Auckland's not for me. What am I doing? Where yeah. to next and then um, obviously obviously 2012, and on the earthquakes and everything happened. I had mm-hmm. a friend down here at broadcasting school. Okay. And he sort of, you know, went through the earthquakes but his experience down here even though he had to go through all that he was still so positive about Christchurch. right and he's like mate you'll love it down here because you know just the vibe and the culture is really cool and so based on his sort of sort of positive experience i knew if i went to dunedin i'd probably muck around way too much (laughs) wellington is a little bit too close to home so canterbury was the only logical option there was no Rhyme or reason to it? It's just like I'll just give it a nudge. Mm-hmm. If a young person can't move down there after a disaster and they're trying to rebuild, then who are they rebuilding a the city for? Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of my mentality back then. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting
0: though in life, isn't it? How conversations or people can shape yeah. paths. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, your friend said, "Yeah, come on down." And yeah, you know that was a big part. It sounds like of okay, yeah, okay, I'll do it. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. And I, I've, to be honest, I kind of forgot that. The University of Canterbury was a thing. Mm. It just you, you you hear the name when you're at school when they're all coming and you know presenting to your classes and stuff. But yeah, you kind of just forgot about it. I like I forgot that UC was in Christchurch. Like that that alignment wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm so glad I did. It was it's moving down to Canterbury back in 2012. Is yeah just. I, what I'm doing now I would never have thought I'd been doing mm. and it's purely because I came down here yeah so yeah. what did
0: you end up studying when you came so here? I came
1: down here and continued on with law and arts mm-hmm. and that was all good and I went to the halls of residence so I got to meet you know other people coming to Christchurch for the first time and other locals and stuff yeah got involved in the musical theater thing and yeah I kept on carrying through that and I got about three years into law school and realised I couldn't stand it. <laughs> like I was like, I mean, I was the scoring alright, but I just really wasn't enjoying it. Yeah. And so I thought, nah, maybe I need to sort of take a bit of a break and just carry on with my BA, but just sort of find something else to do. Mm-hmm. So I ended up taking a job at Huffer, which is like a New Zealand clothing label, mm-hmm. and ended up managing their store on Hornby. Right. So I was working full time out there, and I was I was studying my BA. And i always get my years wrong but i'm pretty sure it's 2015. yeah let's hope it adds up the end yeah it's called 2015 and got to the end of the year and they I, often had
0: little maps of new zealand and things yeah yeah that's days, one right? so they got Three real circles. famous yeah. yeah they got
1: real famous because i think it was uh orlando bloom oh, okay. War. One of their t-shirts. Right. That helps. Yeah, yeah that, that's, all, that's ideal. Kind, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was a red carpet Wellington Wellington uh, way back in the day. Yeah. Um, yeah, But really cool, really cool brand and really cool company. And it was cool just to be part of, because I really I enjoy fashion, but it was really cool to be part of a New Zealand fashion business that mm-hmm. was that was doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. And I got to manage your store in Christchurch. And yeah, got to sort of just play around and have a bit of responsibility mm-hmm. looking after that store and making sure we're reaching our budgets and sorry, our targets and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool. And then... Then we that store, just I think because of where it was in the city, they wanted to move back into town at some point. We all uh, they we all got made redundant, so I was looking for another job. And at this point, I got given a job, well, I interviewed her for a job with Karma Cola, mm-hmm. so they're like a fair trade and organic uh, soft drink yep. brand. And I didn't know much about the fair trade business model, but when I started doing sales for them, I just fell in love with it because mm. – I'd never been exposed to it before and for me it was just mind-blowing that you could create a product that you know really pays fair wages to developing nations and they're doing all this amazing stuff Mm. still turn a profit and just just absolutely smash it in in the business world and just destroy normal competitors and for me i was like the social enterprise business model Mm. just makes so much sense Mm. And I was just, and I loved it. It was the easiest sell ever to go to a cafe, be like, hey, like, this is our drinks. One, they taste awesome. Two, you're literally helping change the world and like changing people's lives overseas. And three, it's actually cheaper than other competitors as well. So like, bang, bang, bang. Right. And it was just, it was such an easy job. Like, you go in there and it was great. So um, I really enjoyed it, and it got me thinking. Actually, this is something that I want to pursue and do myself. Mm-hmm. And I kind of. Thought of it for a while. I was like, uh, oh, what could we do here? And then I thought, well, what do I, I, I never considered myself getting into business or anything like that. Uh, but I thought, well, there could be an opportunity here. And what do I really enjoy? Mm. Fashion. That's the last thing I was used to. Mm-hmm. And then the social enterprise business model. And I actually couldn't find many brands at that point that were sort of, that, that were a social enterprise in the streetwear sort of game.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm like, oh, that could be an opening there. And then I talked to my girlfriend about it. And she's just super supportive of everything. And she loves giving things a nudge as well. She's like, yeah, let's do something. Mm -hmm. And then one of our good friends, Jess, she's like an amazing artist. And so we talked to her about it. And we're like, oh, yeah, let's do this. And then literally out of that conversation, next thing you know, we started our own clothing label, (laughs) which (laughs) was pretty hectic. And um, it was, yeah, it was social enterprise to its core. So we... So, what was the name? This is called Malu, M-A-L-L-U. Yeah. So, literally, that was uh, just to pay homage to my to my heritage. Right. So, like I said was earlier... That
0: at University of UCE E where is it yep, involved so I, there? Yeah, so I was involved yeah. in UCE, okay. yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, Malu is basically the nickname for somebody who is from Kerala and speak Malayalam. Ah. And so, that's what we thought, you know, let's tie in, tie in all of that because our T-shirts came from India, not from... Not from Kerala, but they came from Kolkata, mm-hmm. and we found a really awesome, actually, Christchurch originated a business called Free Set. Mm-hmm. And uh, They only employ women to take them out of the sixth trade of Kolkata, yeah. So, awesome stuff! And you know, I was just googling to try to find suppliers of free mm-hmm. trade t shirts, and then there's like one literally on Lincoln Road. I'm like, what the heck, like, how yeah. does that happen? <laughs> like, this stars yeah. have aligned, and so yeah. yeah, I caught up the guys there and said, This is what I want to do, yeah. They started selling us wholesale stuff, and we just added our design to it. And yeah. our first design was a sketch of like the new Brighton Pier, and it was it worked out really well. And mm-hmm. yeah, so we we dropped a few T shirts, and everyone started liking what we were doing. And yeah, just that was my first exposure to business. Mm. And so when I came back to uni, it so started. That 20- was,
0: what was that during a summer or something? Or yeah, early?
1: so at the end of 2015. Okay, I we thought we're just giving give it a go. Yeah, and. I had no business experience at this point. Mm. But I thought, I'm going to go back to uni in 2016 Mm. and go back to law school and just finish it off. Right. It's funny,
0: just before we get to that, just the intersecting worlds, because Christchurch is a very small place. Yeah. So, Alana Chapman, who um, is a co-founder of 27 Seconds, the winery. Yeah. um, So, she partly was inspired by visiting in India and visiting some of the people involved in Freeset. Yeah. So, it's kind of a little connection Cooler, point yeah. there you know like that that this was something and i've i've been aware of reset for a oh, long they're, time It's so yeah. cool yeah, yeah. That's, that's good so you come back to uni and yeah so it.
1: i thought i'll come back to uni and get back to law school and just knock that one off mm-hmm. six weeks in i was like no nah, this is really not for me <laughs> but um i was really enjoying business and i was just like really getting to the graft of it and just enjoying that yeah and then um meg my girlfriend was like There's this is masters in business management and it's for graduates and by this point i, I would have finished my ba she's like Why don't you do that mm. and so next thing you know i'm enrolled into the masters in business which was great because for someone who didn't have any business experience it was a really cool course to just get the just get the basic understanding of you know how to read sort of you know financial sheets and mm-hmm. accounting papers and basic hr and and there was a paper on entrepreneurship which i was a bit skeptical of time mm-hmm. but it was actually really cool to just understand sort of uh just sort of mindset and sort of just theory around on, entrepreneurship mm-hmm. which is quite fascinating so yeah we're doing this i'm doing my master's business is going right mm-hmm. uh, we ended up going to kolkata to to free set and we caught up with the crew there stayed with mm-hmm. them for 10 days right and that was kind of 2016 was was year of malu we got involved with uce Mm -hmm. and we did um, the entree's 85k challenge Mm -hmm. and we ended up winning the sustainability award which is pretty cool and yeah i'm pretty sure i
0: remember seeing it around yeah i I do a lot with social enterprise and sort of that sustainability area working as a lawyer (laughs) yeah yeah and and i've been to many of the presentations at uce awesome yeah i'm pretty sure i would have that's why it's familiar to me. Yeah. Oh, stoked. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But
1: yeah, it was it was cool. And so we ended up doing the, got that summer scholarship. So yeah, summer of 2016, 17. Right. It, it is all adding up now. Got yeah. it right. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did that summer scholarship and that was awesome. Yeah. And then that scholarship just was what really, I guess, it's all been just a bit of a, a snowball and just mm. sort of catapult to where I am now. And that that whole exposure to that summer startups course, um UC found out about what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And then they approached me and they said, We've got this campaign called UC Me, which is like their big flagship uh marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. And we're like, We'd love to take a photo of you and tell the story of Malu as part of our marketing. Okay. I was like, Yeah, sweet ass. Yeah. Take a photo, gets Malu's brand out yeah, there. Like I'm publicity. yeah, <laughs> I'm stoked. I'm stoked. And then so I did that, did my photo and it was all good. And then, sort of a month later, hadn't heard much about it. They just said, oh, yeah, here's your photo. And I saw it. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's fine. And then I woke up one morning. So this is about halfway through 2017. I woke up one morning and I get a Snapchat from a friend. And my photo is on the side of the airport on like this five-story tall billboard. <laughs> I was like, what the heck? Like, what is going on? And, yeah, I just ended up being one of the, I guess, one of the posted people for UC. Uh-huh. Which is pretty funny. yeah. And then so they asked me to do uh, some radio stuff for them as well. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah, sweet. Oh, I'll do it like be a bit of fun. I've never done radio before give mm-hmm. it a go. Mm-hmm. And so I went to this radio interview, um, this radio recording. And then the marketing manager for UC was there. And we finished up and it was all good. And then she asked me very casually, she's like, oh, do you know any graduates that are looking for a job? We've got um, a three month sort of um, employment space that we need because our marketing Coordinators away mm. for three months, and I was like, Oh, yeah, I'll do it. I'm not a graduate, but I've only got nine hours of contact a week. And she was like, Yeah, sweet. So, interviewed and mm-hmm. got the role. And so, next thing you know, I'm the new marketing coordinator for UC <laughs> for three months. And I was never done marketing before. My only exposure to marketing was uh, doing social media to sell tickets for musical theatre because mm-hmm. I'm still doing that throughout all this. And then, obviously, with Malu, like selling our t shirts and building a brand mm. online and stuff. So anything i'd learn about marketing is all quite organic and just out of mm. just out of interest and just youtubing stuff and, mm. and learning
0: it's often the best way though isn't it yeah
1: yeah, yeah definitely and then like necessity is mother of invention right so mm. when you're backs against the wall you got to you got to figure it out so yeah i loved it so i started working for uc for three months and it was really cool to work in like a like a corporate environment and you see a really really cool like awesome employers mm. and a really cool team and for me, it was awesome because you've got this UC marketing team who are really good at what they do, but then now they had a current student in their team as well. And so the access that they had from me telling them, oh, no, this is an event happening on campus or this is a really cool thing that some students are doing, um, it was a new level of insight for them. I see. And yeah. so there were some really good synergies going on and really enjoyed being part of that team. Mm. And so that kind of kicked on through and uh, my three months came to an end mm-hmm. and at this point, I had to do, to finish off my master's, I had to do an internship, um, just to do it somewhere. And I'd really enjoyed marketing at this point. I was like, wow, mm. awesome. Mm. And so I got in touch with the agency that UC uses for their media buying. So to book the billboard space, and I like, booked the bu- backs of the buses and the street furniture and stuff. Mm. And obviously, we, we meet with them as UC on a regular basis. So I called up uh, Stacey, who works at the media department, which is an agency in town. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, Stace, I need an internship. Um, can I come hang out with you guys for three months? She's like, yep, go for gold. And um, so next thing I you know, I'm interning at a media agency. So I've just gone from in-house UC marketing to, you know, being, being, being an agency for mm-hmm. UC. So mm-hmm. I was still in and amongst those conversations, but just on a different side of the table. Mm-hmm really interesting really fascinating to learn another side of marketing which i had no exposure to before Mm. and i started to really enjoy it and we're getting towards the end of the internships this is the end of 2017 and i'm thinking to myself okay i've got my got my masters coming up to graduate what am i going to do next malu's ticking along but it's definitely not to the point where we can um you know where we can pay wages for myself meg Mm. and jess to to keep going it's still very much a side hustle so I had to figure out what I wanted to do. And I think at this point, just being exposed to all that business and just all that sort of entrepreneurship stuff, I think my gut was telling me I probably wouldn't want to be working for someone. I want to work for myself if I can. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting in a meeting with UC Marketing with the media department and just one of our casual you know, weekly whips. And one of the guys from UC Marketing made a real sort of, offhand comment it wasn't directed at me it was just sort of just into thin air and he said you know what we need more video in 2018 and it just really stuck with me for some reason i don't know why and i was like they need more video Mm. and i enjoy video but i know friends and people who are really good at making videos whether it be travel videos and stuff like that and they're on campus they understand uc culture Mm. there must be something in this that we can make it work and it kind of just sat with me for about a week or two and I talked to some f- few people about it I'm like am I like making crap up here? I was like, is there something I can do here? And just really encouraged to sort of explore that idea and then I went to I went to the marketing manager at UC And I said look, I know a couple of weeks ago you said you've got this idea for video next year I think I've got a solution mm. and he's like great Pitch for it. I was like, okay, dokie. Okay. So <laughs> um, I came up with this concept to do a video element for for uc me where we'd create four videos per student about the uc experience and that's based on what they do with their clubs academic and just like their social and stuff like that and mm-hmm. we'd create it in a way that was really authentic to the student, so it wasn't it didn't feel very corporate but it felt quite casual mm-hmm. um a little bit like this we just have a casual conversation and i cut a voiceover over it and we yeah. just film some stuff that they do long story short i pitched it and then they were like yeah it's great um, do you have a company and I was like sure do <laughs> got home that night registered a company online and did the whole website and business mm-hmm. card thing and I had to rush to sort of figure out a name so I'm sitting out with Meg and I'm like babe like what do we call this business and then she's like why don't you call it mates and, and I was like why and she said well you know you're a pretty casual dude and you love you know mm-hmm. being around people and the, the ho- everything that we've been doing with sort of musical theatre with Marlo, we talk about mates helping mates and building community. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, that makes sense. And so we called it Mate Social Media. Mates was born. Yeah.
0: So it's an amazing story. Uh, and I didn't interrupt you because it was just you know you were weaving it together there. <laughs> yeah. cause it was like, and then this happened, and then this happened, and this happened. Yeah. But it is. It's often like that in life, isn't it? You look yeah. back and you see the dominoes that were ready to tip over. Oh yeah. But at the time, like if we would go back in time three years, and I'd said you're going to start a you yeah. know social media company that helps people with marketing, yeah. you probably would have said, no way. Yeah, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's
1: no way I would have thought, you know. Yeah, which is that.
0: the reason I emphasize that is that people who are listening. You know, don't close the door on opportunities no. because you never know where they may lead. <laughs> Absol-
1: absolutely. Like my whole, I guess, my whole sort of mantra and ethos is just to give it a nudge. Mm. And I remember back in sort of 2012, 2013, I'm like, okay, this year is going to be a really good for you, year for me. I'm going to do X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. And then when, uh, when I started Malu, that year I was like, okay, from now on, I am not even going to even plan or set any crazy goals for the year ahead of me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just, you know, make some small goals I'm going to achieve, but let's just see what opportunities come up. And every year my expectations have been exceeded by the stuff that I've been exposed to, mm. and that's because I allow myself just to be open to, mm. to doing different things. But that's crazy the key, things. I
0: think, and that's that's what I hope people listening are picking up. is yeah. it, it's that ability to be curious yeah. and to to be willing to go off the course yeah. of what you thought you were going to be doing. Absolutely. Otherwise, um, you know, and I think this is a bit of a generational thing as well because I think traditionally you go to university, you graduate, you get a job, yeah. and there's kind of a cycle, you know, yeah. like you you finish up and then. You're looking for jobs, and you start your job, yeah. and and then you go to work. Yeah. You know, whereas your attitude, or I think increasingly, I'm seeing people, particularly in their 20s, you know, kind of coming through and going, "Yeah, but I want to work for myself." Yeah, and and it's this gig economy, like I'll jump from this contract to this contract, and and then I'll try this other thing. Yeah. And, uh, which is really different mindset, even to you know, I'm not that much older than you. Yeah, but even to my generation, you know, when I graduated, it was very much of a have I got something lined up? Yeah, definitely. You know?
1: <laughs> definitely. I think it's interesting because, I mean, for me, I think about how long, I was at uni for a long time mm-hmm. and then you think to yourself, man, you've got this big student student loan and I, I guess, I don't know if it's the way the media portrays it or maybe that's how most of my generation think about student loans and stuff like that but it's, it's, it's a scary amount of debt mm-hmm. and, you know, for me, you could say I went through university and I accumulated all that debt to what, end of the day, Start my own business mm. um, Which I probably could have done Without going to uni But mm. at the same time The way I see it What I've actually paid for Is not those pieces of paper Is the experience mm. And the network I've gained At being in, in that sort of instit- Institution in mm. that space mm-hmm. And so when I look at it that way it's It's still very much mm. The best investment I've ever made Yeah um, well what i'll do yeah. is
0: sell so you see that little clip of your audio <laughs> <laughs> well i mean because i think you're right no i agree yeah. with you it's not at the end of the day it's not the certificate on the wall no it's the experiences and the connections yeah. and the learning like when i look back you know i don't i did study law i don't remember the cases yeah. You know, i remember some of the highlight cases yeah. donahue and stevenson yeah, yeah all classic yeah. famous ones you know but i don't i don't remember the, the i memorized them at the time criminal law you yeah. know like i knew a lot of cases but the point is it's more about the experience and the, and the challenging
1: yourself and all that definitely yeah definitely um i mean yeah i guess you still a client so i guess i'm I'm in and amongst their marketing stuff so yeah yeah i, I love it and it's and for, you know it's it's cool because you know they say these things that you know they want to you know back their graduates and stuff like that and mm. You know and you see the reality and of you it. see the reality at the you know, mm-hmm. that they've trusted me and my agency now which is you know there's four of us working full-time mm-hmm. all uc graduates mm-hmm. um so to talk to me
0: about the agency but i'm not going to ask a typical question which is what do you do because yeah. what i want to know is how could people improve their presence or the way that they present themselves to the market from your you know having dealt with different clients and things what are some basic things that people are just it's 101
1: but people seem to get it wrong no so this is this is what i love because the reason why you know we're mates social media not mates media Mm -hmm. is we can do all the other media stuff but i'm really passionate about social media purely because it's different to any other advertising or marketing platform or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the main difference is, is that social media is a two-way street. So if you look at a you know a billboard or back of a bus or something and there's you know there's a piece of advertisement or a message, mm. uh, you know they can give you a message, but you can't tell the brand how you feel about that message. Mm-hmm. The worst thing you could do is you could throw an egg at it, you know what I mean? but they want to know that you've done that. Mm-hmm. Social media is different. You see an ad or, or see a message online from a brand and you don't like it or you love it you can comment or you can you know you can like and you can react and stuff Mm -hmm. and that's crucial because now that's enforcing brands and personal brands or company brands or whatever to be honest and to be transparent and actually to build relationships with the audience Mm -hmm. and i think that's the real key thing and that's what i love doing with the work that we do Mm. Uh, we're not making glitzy ads for tv and stuff like that that would be fun to do one day Mm. But at the moment, a lot of the work that we do is real sort of testimonial-based um, advertising. Mm. So it's using, you know, stories and people's experiences with that brand, or how that's how that brand's affected them mm. um, in a positive way, and just sharing their story. Mm. And that's what I really enjoy. So with UC, it's that's exactly what we're doing. It's mm-hmm. telling these students their stories mm. from their perspective.
0: Mm. So it's about the relationship, yep. in the sense of. The relationship between the brand or the, the yep. company or whatever and the consumer, yep. whatever it is that they're doing. Yep. And so what you're trying to do is give them examples yep, exactly. of people who are like Ex- them. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And, and tell their story.
1: Yep. That's that's the thing. Like, you know, we've got students in this campaign, some of them are, you know, musical theater people, some of them are doing engineering, some of them are building like racing cars and mm-hmm. stuff. And so they've all they've all their different niches. And we're just putting those stories out to the world and if there's students that if you know they're 15 to 19 considering going to uni and they can relate to one of those stories awesome that way they know this particular institution is a space for them they can actually really enjoy and excel at what they do Mm. um yeah so so that's obviously just UC, but then we have other other clients who we do that too and yeah so just
0: with the social media i'm fascinated because 15 years ago didn't exist yeah like i mean you know you get what i mean yeah i get to it yeah what are some other, I guess, thoughts that you have about social media? Because I know for me, like, I've got a Facebook page, page for Seeds Podcast, for example, yeah. and a couple of years ago, if you posted something, it would go into people's yeah. Um, feeds, Yeah. whereas now it's all about sponsoring it yeah exactly in order to get it in are there some things that people might not know or that, that i mean unfortunately you know, like how how do you go about building up a good presence on social media yeah whether it's a personal brand or an organization
1: yes yeah, so, i mean unfortunately facebook and instagram and all that's becoming more and more monetized so the days mm. it goes on at the moment it's quite cheap Because you've still got big brands and stuff who are still spending lots of their marketing budget on tv and stuff Which is fine because there's an audience there Yeah, but as soon as as that audience comes redundant all that money is going to move into into social media So it's going to get even more expensive to advertise Mm -hmm. But in terms of sort of organic uh, ways to reach people To be honest people that do like podcasts Mm -hmm. or other things like that That's the best way to grow because Mm -hmm. it's just sharing those stories Mm -hmm. so for example for us as an agency we don't have a like a mates social media facebook page or instagram mm-hmm. but we've have we've got a community page that we've started called mates of Christchurch which effectively is just humans of New York but in video so Hannah who's one of the girls in our team she's awesome her her job is literally to go out and find someone new every week and make a one minute video about them i see and put it on our mates of Christchurch platform mm-hmm. and we've seen that page grow organically like steadily and organically mm-hmm. because as soon as you make a video about someone they share it with their network and usually maybe there's like a rate of maybe 20 30% of of their network will go like our page i see and if yeah. we're going out to different people and different networks every week that's yeah. how we grow so it'd be similar to to seed you know you're yeah. going to different people when this goes live and yeah exactly. i'll share yeah. it and people know about it and stuff and yeah that's well that's my yeah
0: that's yeah that's exactly how i operate because i figure the diverse range of people i'm yep. interviewing i'll never reach the people that you know yeah um but if you share it then people might come back and yeah. because this is going to be by the time this airs it'll be like almost the 120th interview so or something cool. so then they'll be like oh maybe i'll listen in the back catalog and yeah. in the interview you mentioned alana chapman and peter wells and you know like they'll yeah. go back and yeah. see what can be found definitely so.
1: and you're on the right channel like you've got you got spotify going on like spotify mm-hmm. is growing yeah so the fact that you're on there is great mm-hmm. and yeah so it, it's it's cool and, and that's the cool thing about the stuff that you're know that you doing and I guess with Mates of Christchurch, it's breaking down my pet worry about social media and that's the echo chamber. Mm-hmm. And we've got to be really careful now as, as we move forward. Um, just the way Facebook's algorithms turned out, I don't know if it was intentional or they're still trying to... Obviously, it's, it's very complicated. Mm-hmm. But we're getting to a point where we're only seeing things that we want to see. And so that's really just sort of giving us quite tunnel vision about right. what the world looks like. Mm. And so we have to be really, really careful and be really mindful mm. of what we're consuming online. So mm. for me, I'd make a real point to make sure, like, f- f- from a political perspective, I've liked every single political party in New Zealand on Facebook. So that way I'm getting all of the information. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then the onus is on me to sort of figure out what, you know, where I lie on that on that on the political spectrum mm. but at least I've got all the information and I'm and I'm reading the comments. I'm going to post and I'm reading the comments seeing what people think because it's really important to understand even if they're trolling it's really important to understand what people are thinking mm. and why they think the way they do or mm. else or else we can get yeah, into lots of Yeah, because the danger
0: is if you just like the thing that you like already yep. then you'll get suggestions of things that yep. are like the things that you've yep. already liked and, yep. <laughs> and it goes in a yep. vicious circle, doesn't yep. it?
1: And like from an advertising perspective maybe it's my bias as an advertiser but I don't mind if I get ads of something that I want or Mm -hmm. Facebook has decided that algorithmically I might like, and they're probably 90% correct Mm -hmm. from a consumer point of view. Yeah, that's fine. But from like a information point of view, Mm -hmm. that's pretty dangerous.
0: Yeah. So are there any other tips or things that, that, you know, are common mistakes or, you know, when it comes to having a social media presence that, that you often see people it yeah. sounds like video is pretty key for yeah people. video
1: video is really key yeah. um so facebook was saying that you know it's going to be 80 percent video by 2020 and that's that's around the corner mm-hmm. uh also there's a huge uh facebook did like a they did like a big conference it must be yeah a good three or four months ago now mm. and there's gonna be a huge swing in uh in groups facebook groups. And so, you, like for example, with the cricket, mm. Sky Sport released a Sky Sports Cricket World Cup fan page, uh, sorry, fan group. So if you were watching the cricket, you could join this group and really engage with people all over the country that you don't that you don't know, right. purely about this one topic. Mm. And it was quite interesting because I was obviously part of this group. I'm obsessed with cricket. Mm. I haven't slept yet. <laughs> for people that <laughs> yeah, are listening we're to recording this, recording this the day after. This yes. is this is the morning. <laughs> this is the morning of our loss and emotionally I'm okay but <laughs> we'll get there but you know and you know we're on this Facebook group and everyone's sort of talking and it's it's all quite civil mm-hmm. and now the World Cup's over it's been real interesting seeing people post in that group like I really enjoy getting to talk to you guys and thank you for the awesome experience and these are people that you just don't know and you yeah. never talk to and the only time you post on there is if you're really frustrated or you're really happy or you know your, you know, your sky connection has gone down so you're asking if it's happened to anybody else's and stuff mm. like that and yeah, that online community was really it's been really interesting to see that play out.
0: Yeah. Okay, I'll take that on board. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> uh, so I have a question for you. It's 20 years from now. Yeah. Um so we're both much older <laughs> and wiser. But what does the online world look today, you know, oh, um man. in 2000 what would that be? 2039. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Like it, if we go back 20 years ago, so yeah. it's 1999. Yeah. Um you would never have been able to probably say what it would be today. No. So I'm just curious as someone who's looking at things and trends and, you know, where are we heading to? Cause, cause one interesting thing with Facebook for me is I'm find I'm using it less yep. rather than more. Cause yep. I'm not, it's actually not that interesting compared to when I first joined. Yeah, um, yeah. So there's a lower level of engagement yep. for me personally. And I think probably from others as well, yep. but, but you know, when I think back, you know, 10 years ago, there were different social networks um, that that focused on different things. Yeah.
1: Um, so do you think there'll be something new that comes and emerges or there, is it? There definitely will be. And that will be definitely around sort of the, the, the VR, AR space. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think sound is going to be a really key sort of player in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that's and like voice recognition you're already seeing it now with you know with with not really Siri mm-hmm. but with Alexa and mm-hmm. Google Home and all that sort of stuff yeah um, we've got Google Home at our place and it's you know hey Google turn on the heat pump or you know what's the weather today it's literally what we ask Google every morning what's the weather mm-hmm. and it's um, and I think that's going to play a lot more of a bigger role and that sort of voice recognition and mm-hmm. using voice to get things done as opposed mm-hmm. to looking at a screen yeah because
0: right now the device i'm holding up the iphone you know it's yeah. kind of we're wedded to that yeah right now, exactly yeah
1: um and then and then augmented reality and and well I guess we'll start with virtual reality mm. and then augmented reality is literally taking that and putting it into you know into into, into real life space mm-hmm. So I think that's where it's going to be. Mm. Uh, I can't say I play too much in that space, but there's I've got friends who are working some pretty cool projects in that space. And, mm. yeah, it's, it looks insane.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's always interesting to think of the future. And then, yeah. of course, a hundred years from now, <laughs> right, when we're both gone, yeah. like, what, what will it be like? Will they say the singularity yeah. or something like that? Yeah. yeah. Well, the yeah. I mean, the funny thing about the podcast, of course, is that when it's recorded and released, it's out there. Yeah and so it's very possible that my great great grandchildren yeah know, will listen to this one day and go man that that he they just had no idea they got it. So <laughs> wrong. i mean
1: look at back to the future right yeah, like you know yeah. when it's not that long ago when they go into you know in the movie they go into the future and mm-hmm. there's the hoverboards and stuff like that at 20 yeah what's it in 2016 or something i think you still was, don't yeah. have the hoverboard yeah. you know so but
0: you know in that movie they do go in and they've got like a the equivalent of Skype video, which that's true. is yep. a pretty amazing yeah. call back in the nineteen eighties. Yeah. And there's quite a few predictions that actually are pretty,
1: They've got pretty it accurate.
0: Yeah. yeah. So
1: My favorite one would have been the food one. Right. How they take the, the little, pizza. The little pizza. Yeah. That would have been that would have been a dream. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yep. one day.
0: Yeah. If we're lucky. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So, um, is there anything else that you think you'd like to share, I guess, about social media or some of the work that you're doing. Particularly um, keeping in mind we've got listeners who are involved in companies, organizations, all types of different people? What's some, I guess, helpful things that yeah they would enjoy? To be honest,
1: the most helpful thing it's not it's not best business practice, but in terms of personal social media use, what I found the most helpful thing that we can do for like our society mm-hmm. and just people in general is think before we post. Mm-hmm. You know, I think sometimes we get really we use social media as like our personal diary, but. The beauty of a diary is that it's personal and right. social media is not personal mm. um, once it's out there it's out there and that can be really damaging not just for yourself but also to the people around you as well mm-hmm. um, and that's one thing that i noticed with march 15 and stuff like that people were you know they were commenting left right and center about things and sometimes i thought to myself if you waited maybe 10 more seconds to think about what you were saying right there could've been like a lot less hurt out there. Mm. And so I think that's that's something that I took on board after after all of that I was like actually I wanna be really just really positive of how I use social media mm. and not Yeah, just be a bit more intentional about it. So mm. it's better to have face to face conversations mm. for people as opposed to just Arguing with people online mm. it, it doesn't achieve anything.
0: Yeah. In my opinion. Well, you remain anonymous, don't yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. You can exactly. hide behind that. Yeah, that keyboard warrior. Yeah, yeah. It's not good. Um, can I just finish off by asking, you mentioned, you know, the clothing yeah. and the karmakora yeah. and the sort of social enterprise bent to those things. With mates, are you integrating some of those concepts into what you're doing or I how think, does that play out? Yeah,
1: it's funny because we... That's the thing with mates. It's like, how do you make a digital agency mm-hmm. a social enterprise? And I still don't know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. But what I do know is, for me, I want to use this company just to sort of empower just the people around me. Mm-hmm. And for me, I really enjoy employing people. That's probably one thing I've realized in the past year where I've got to you know, have a team and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And my whole idea around employment is, for me, it's a privilege because you've got people that are trusting you know you with the you know giving you a salary and they can live out the life that they want and stuff yeah. um so in terms of i think for me, the whole idea around sort of fair trade and all those principles I've come through in mates mm-hmm. and how I see myself as an employer as a boss or a director or mm-hmm. whatever and I think that's kind of where Mates of Christchurch came in because it's our way of giving back to the community. Mm. It's, you know, the videos that we do on Mates of Christchurch is completely free. And for me to bring on Hannah to do that, she's a student as well at the same time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's part of her part-time role when she's gaining new skills and stuff like that. I can do that because I'm in a position to, luckily I'm in a a position where I've got, you know, a space to build a business. So Mm. Mates of Christchurch for me is that, that community part of what we do mm-hmm. um, We've got a few ideas of what we can do more in the future But mm-hmm. we're gonna have to grow a bit more first to get there But yeah, I think just building a business that is just really community focused and wants to help out as much as you can Yeah, um, that's the main thing.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, by the time this airs um, I'll have interviewed or, or it's coming out tomorrow a guy named Israel Cooper So he founded a group called yeah. they've just rebranded to home. So they, yeah. they were are built tech um, yeah. But we spent an hour talking about his business, and one of the things he talked a lot about was purpose and community, and the fact that he signs off on 160 people yeah. being employed, yeah. and that they then go home and pay for the schools yeah. and the food and all those sorts of things. Yeah. So, so
1: Israel, I was really lucky to meet Israel a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and he was also one of the one of the reasons why I started mates. Right. Um, and just you're learning from people like him and. You know we've got cool people like that in christchurch yeah and that's why it's super important that you know we've got this podcast and also with mates of christchurch as well mm-hmm. you know just really just giving people like just just that time of day to mm-hmm. be like hey this is my story because they're too busy doing their the amazing stuff that they're doing yeah and so from yeah from mate of Pro- christchurch perspective for us to make a video about them for a minute and just honoring them mm-hmm. and be like hey this is your one minute and we're going to honor you with that that's kind of what we want to achieve with it. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's good. Yeah, well, the social enterprise element, it sounds like it is there. You just need to articulate it yeah. even better. Yeah. Because from my perspective, because um, I do a lot with social enterprise, and the key thing is to identify in the business what it is that's adding value or purpose or something that's beyond <gasps> the profit. Um, Because traditionally a business is focused on profit, but I from all that you've said I'm pretty sure that you would resonate that your business is more than just the profits You're doing it for other reasons as well in the community and the employment and the empowering people who want to tell their stories and all those other things so Mm -hmm. um,
1: (coughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean Yeah, like I Love Christchurch now, right? Mm. So for me to employ people to bring them back to the city that's like the coolest thing that I think I could be doing, so yeah, yeah. If we can keep growing and I can keep employing people, yeah, that'd be sick. Yeah, I'd be stoked with that. Yeah, that's great. Well, this is going to be longer than a minute,
0: but um, <laughs> people do have to mow the lawns and go for runs, yeah, in the car. So hopefully, they'll listen to your story. Yeah, and, um, the aim is that. The, these conversations are like seeds that that they can go out and hopefully yeah. people can get inspiration and maybe something will grow so yeah um thanks very much for coming no, on the thank show you for I appreciate having it. Me. yeah it's no problem awesome. um yeah and we'll watch the space cool thank you no problem Well, I do hope you enjoyed that interview with Clive. I know for me there were several things that stood out, in particular those tips about social media and marketing. I thought they were really helpful, and certainly for me, I've started adopting some of them, including doing more videos of interviews. And that's a direct result of this interview with Clive. If you enjoyed it, then consider leaving a rating and review and telling your friends about the show. Until next time.